Hello, before we get started today, would you please join me in a moment of silent prayer for the people of Ukraine and those folks helping them? Are you ready to live better and travel light? You know, as we travel through life, it's amazing at the stuff we accumulate. Well, a lot of the stuff we accumulate is like physical stuff, you know, stuff from hobbies or vacations, work or school or, or whatever. You know, that list is endless. And then some of it's emotional stuff, you know, like our good experiences, our, our good memories uh, that, that kind of lift us up. And then there's some challenging experiences and memories that quite frankly, they weigh us down pretty bad. Well, experts and the Bible point out that it's better to have less stuff weighing us down and more stuff that really matters. And so we need to let go of things that weigh us down like distractions or bitterness and hate or just plain stuff. You know, one example in our news is that young man that was so weighed down with hate that he traveled 200 miles to kill black folks there in, in Buffalo. You know, that, that's an extreme example of somebody who is really weighed down. But, you know, a, a less extreme example is just things like just stuff that we accumulate over the years. You know, like the stuff that Sandy and I are trying to get rid of that are not only filling up our house, but weighing us down. Well, some of this stuff came from her parents, some from mine, and some from our kids' childhoods. Well, it's just stuff at this point, and it's just weighing us down for no useful purpose. You know, it's better to have less stuff weighing us down and more of the stuff that really matters. And then we can always talk about the emotional stuff, right? The, the grudges or the prejudices that we might have that we're carrying, uh, the, the pain of a, a broken relationship, and then, like I said, the, the extreme examples of bitterness and hate. Well, you know, sometimes it seems like there's a, a vacuum in our souls, a vacuum that our society wants to fill with stuff that doesn't help or it's harmful. But Jesus is just knocking on our door ready to fill our souls with that, which is of incredible value. But our culture runs counter to what Jesus wants for us. And I think there's a good story in the Bible that kind of illustrates the influence of our human nature. And that comes to us from Genesis in chapters two and three, where we hear the story of Adam and Eve. You know, they were living in a paradise. They, they wanted for nothing. Life was simple and good, but there was only one issue. There's only one catch. God told them not to eat of the tree of the knowledge. They could have anything they wanted, just anything, just not the tree. They had no need for the fruit of the tree and they were told to avoid it. But kind of like, just like us, when we're told, no, you don't really need that. They had to have just one more thing. And again, that's just like us. You know, I just want one more thing. Well, I'd be happy if I had just one more thing. Well, they needed more stuff, right? Just to be happy. More stuff. And so let's get started this today with, with this discussion question. What kind of stuff have you accumulated that is weighing you down? And would you be happier with less? Well, Solomon was reputed to be the wisest man that ever lived. He said this in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 6. 
Better is one handful with quiet than two handfuls with toil and a chasing after the wind. In other words, he was saying it was better to have just one handful of peace and joy and happiness than have two handfuls of stuff that doesn't matter. In other words, he was saying that it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and then to have more of what does matter. Well, our culture and our human nature promote the lie that more is better, right? And there are literally armies of marketing professionals whose sole purpose in life is to get you and to get me to buy that one more thing that we really don't need, right? They tell us that, well, if you have one of these, well, two is better. And I tell you what, in this time of shortage, it's easy to fall into that trap. Well, there's two on the shelf. I only need one. I better take two just in case. We all do it, right? Well, the financial cost is one issue of getting more stuff, right? But literally, just having this stuff weighs, it, weighs us down. It's, it's just one more thing on our mind. Well, Solomon tells us less is better because life is valuable. Our time is priceless. And when we accumulate stuff, it weighs us down. It consumes our time and our attention. Yes, Solomon is saying, one handful living is better. Now Jesus said this as recorded in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. And he said to them, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Well, let's start with that phrase, all kinds of greed. Well, that, that's going past just wanting more money, right? It, that includes wanting more stuff, things that we don't need. That's what greed is about. Being preoccupied with more stuff. And so clearly, Jesus is telling us to avoid accumulating that which isn't important because the abundance of stuff is not what makes us. It's what's in our heart that makes us. And so let's just consider these discussion questions. Where have you experienced that more is not always better? And then, have you thought about how has your desire for more stuff robbed you from that life that you really want? Well, let's consider Solomon's advice for one handful living. I'd like to share three thoughts with you today to help us work towards having more of what matters. And they are, throw it out, buy less, give more. So the first thing is, throw it out. You know, a common theme I hear from others and in my own life is how hard it is to get rid of all this excess stuff, right? We all tend to collect stuff like magnets uh, attract steel. And so we need to be really serious about throwing out stuff because after a while, our stuff owns us. You know, Sandy and I really struggle with this and you know, we have our junk and we have most of my folks junk and we have her mom's junk. And on top of that, we're just playing challenge. We have trouble throwing stuff out, right? So when we talk about throwing stuff out, we're not talking about decluttering, right? It's not about organizing so you can have more junk in, in, a, in a neater place. It's about having less stuff. It's about de-owning stuff, meaning it's don't replace it stuff, right? 
because sometimes it seems like we're owned by our stuff. You know, we hear about a rich man in the Bible who was literally owned by his stuff. And this comes to us from Matthew chapter 19, starting at verse 16. And then someone came to Jesus and said, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, Well, if you wish to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come follow me. When the young man heard this word, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Well, I'm afraid that all of us are probably a lot like this young man. We got our stuff, but in reality, our stuff owns us. It fills that void in our hearts and then pushes out God's will for our lives. It's almost like an addiction. It's something we can't let go of. Well, we're not talking about having some stuff, right? And the Bible doesn't say that it's wrong to have stuff. It's just when that stuff owns us, and keeps us from doing God's will. So what are some of the reasons that we can't get rid of our stuff? Well, one reason might be fear. Now, I was raised in a frugal household and we were taught don't waste, whether it's food or anything else. Um, you know, always be careful. And then in our spiritual lives, we're told to respect that which God has given us and to be good stewards. And so we hang on to stuff that we don't need because you know we might need it that that piece of two by four i i i say you know well i can always use that i can always use a little piece of two by four right well we fear that we might not be able to get the stuff in the future well in reality we're not trusting god to provide us that which we really need in the future well another reason we don't get rid of stuff is sentiment and oh boy, I score a 10 on that one right here. I am sentimental. Oh, that little piece of thing has, that's dad's handwriting on it. Um, or, oh, I, I read that book when I was younger. I really enjoyed that book. Um, or this is a good one. I was cleaning out my closet the other day and, 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 and here's a shirt. Now I hadn't worn this shirt in several years. Um, and I look at, and I start thinking, well, I bought that shirt the first year I was in college and, and that tie goes with that shirt, you know? And so there, what am I gonna do with that shirt? Nothing. So those are some of the things, just some of the things that keep us from throwing out our stuff and, and getting down to less is better. So here's another discussion question. What is more likely to prevent you from throwing out your stuff? Fear? or sentiment. So the next point is to buy less. You know, buying more stuff is a little bit like an addiction, right? It can make us feel better. I, I found out in, in preparing for this message that they call that retail therapy. Like when we feel depressed or we, well, we lost out on some kind of opportunity, we buy something because it makes us feel better. You know, but that kind of good feeling is short-lived and hollow. We hear this in, in Psalm 19, starting at verse 36. Give me an eagerness for your laws rather than a love for money. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Clearly, the writer of that psalm struggled with filling their life with stuff that didn't matter. And so what they're trying to do is tell, ask for God's help to 
filled their heart with eagerness for living the way God would have us live. And the last point I wanted to share today is to give more. The Apostle Paul told this to his friend Timothy, who is a leader at the church in Ephesus. And this comes to us from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. You know, I think most of us probably don't think of ourselves as being rich. But the Washington Post makes this statement. After adjusting for cost of living differences, a typical American still earns an income that is 10 times the income received by the typical person in the world. Imagine that. And that's after adjusting for like the difference in, in lifestyles. On a global scale, we all in this country are extremely rich. So Paul's words should really ring in our ears. Teach those who are rich in this world to not be proud and to not trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Which is another way of saying, don't accumulate stuff and then keep buying more. And then Paul tells us this, our trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. We can trust God to give us that which we need for uh, to live joyful and constructive lives. And Timothy goes on to say this, Paul continues to say this in 1 Timothy, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. And by doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life. Well, Paul is coming right out and, and, and telling us that we need to give more to those that are in need so that we can be building a foundation for our true life, our, our life everlasting with Jesus. And as the wealthiest people in the world, God has given us countless blessings, not to buy more stuff, but to build up our treasure in heaven. And you know, there are so many ways to give more out of our blessings. There's local missions, domestic missions, and then international missions. So a couple examples of local missions would be our very own food pantry at Calamo or the Siren Shelter. Then, uh, to go out a little further, UMCOR is a United Methodist organization that has both a domestic and an international disaster fund, and all those monies go to those purposes. But there are many, many others, good ones. Uh, some, of, some of them are the Red Cross, the Salvation Army, Habitat for Humanity, uh, UNICEF, and then there are ones that, are, that more directly help the people of Ukraine. Uh, Doctors Without Borders, uh, Razom, which the, the Door County Candle Company, they were on the news, uh, I don't know, a while ago. They support that. Now, I want to quickly say, I'm not endorsing specifically any of those other than UMCOR, because I don't have any detailed knowledge or detailed studies on them. And we always have to be careful of scams. But the point is, there are many, many ways for us to give more in one of those ways might resonate with us more than some of those others and then help us to build our foundation for true life a foundation grounded in the love of Christ well 
Traveling light is going to involve throwing it out, buying less, and giving more. But in so doing, we will be building that foundation for everlasting life. Don't let your life be so full of the stuff that holds you back. And now, let's say together these words from Ecclesiastes. Better is one handful with quiet than two handfuls with toil and a chasing after wind. Jesus calls for us to build foundations for joyful and healthy living, to be beacons of God's love towards others. And now for our final discussion question. Are you ready to live better and to travel light by throwing it out, buying less, and giving more? As human beings, we all have shortcomings, and in our weaknesses, we struggle with resisting the forces of our society, forces that try to fill the void in our hearts, forces that try to push God to the side. But Jesus is knocking on our door, promising for us the power of the Holy Companion to help us build that healthy foundation. And it's all about living into our core value at Calamo of loving God and sharing his love with others. And I hope and pray that this message will be helpful for you. If you'd like to talk about any of this or any other topic, please reach out. You know, I'd love to talk with you. Or if you have a friend uh, that might benefit from this message, share it with them and I'd love to talk with them. And now for our prayer challenge. Take that five minutes each day at least five minutes, squeeze in a few moments if that's all you got, or more. And think and think about your stuff, right? And then ask yourself, are you, are you weighed down by your stuff? D does it own you? And then consider those three steps. Throw it out, buy less, and give more. And, I, and then pray that the power and love of Jesus and the Holy Companion would give you the strength to start building that foundation for joyful living through Jesus. And whatever you do, talk with God often. And to make this work, you have to stop the noise. We live in a, in a world of distractions and, and chaos, and so you're gonna have to stop the noise, and you're gonna have to start praying so that you can have that quality time with Jesus. And now, would you please pray the Lord's Prayer with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen and amen. Friends, feel the awesome power and presence of the Holy Spirit this day as we are forgiven and adopted as God's holy children. Open your heart and feel the warmth and blessings of his love. God gives us that everlasting boost that we sometimes need to get back on track. And next week, we're going to continue on our series on traveling light and have a focus on distractions. Amen. And now, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that that, that you might reveal yourself in, in these words, that you might take my words and transform them so that each of us hear your message that you have just for each one of us. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 
I'm really glad that you checked us out today and I, and I hope you find something useful in this message or that you have a friend that might find something useful in it. I'd love to talk either with you or with them. You can call or text me at 517-588-8415. My email information or the Calmo connection card. All that information is either at the bottom of your screen or at the end of this video. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed week. I'm your neighbor, Jerry, pastor at Calmo Church. And bye for now.